0: So this evening, I'd like to share with you um, some reflections on the practice uh, of samadhi, of this uh, this aspect of of mind, of the path of samadhi, this gathered gatheredness of mind, and. Um, in uh, beginning to offer, I'd like to acknowledge um, again, a, a sense of gratitude to uh, really several different teachers who have, um, yeah, who have helped me with, with this and many other aspects. And also, I'd like to again express my gratitude to each of you. Um, for your practice here and for what you can teach me and are teaching me about this aspect of practice and many others so um, I was wondering how to begin and um, I feel like sometimes when whatever uh, theme or, or aspect of practice I find it really helpful to to touch some sense of uh, of purpose, like what is this in the service of? You know, it's always coming back to this sense of you know why do this or some some sense of um what that is for for you know each of us, how we can um, then understand you know the the larger context or the larger view of what we're doing, what we're exploring, what we're investigating, or some aspect of practice that we're trying to understand. Um, and I, I think that sense of purpose maybe, you know, it's, again it can be very clear, sometimes not so clear, and it can shift, you know, it can be at different points in our life, and our practice, we we express it in very different ways. And uh, so, um, one expression I found that I wanted to share with you, which I found really really lovely, as just as example of Jack Cornfield um, describing the purpose of our practice being to discover peace and connectedness in ourselves and to stop the war in and around us. And you know, that's such a for me, such a beautiful expression of what we, what we might aspire to, we might be, you know, giving, giving ourselves to what, what can sometimes inspire us in our practice, And you know, sort of, oh, you know, <laughs> it's not always so easy and sometimes it's so confusing and it's, like, if we can find some expression like that where, again, it really, it touches us. I, I remember once, years ago, when I was very upset and quite depressed. Less of that around for me now, more anxiety, but anyway. That's... that I remember at one point, sort of, I think, oh, my friend was asking, sort of asking me, well, something about, well, you know, why are you still here, you <laughs> I was on retreat. And um, I think I, in my desperation, it was something like, you know, I just want to be happy and be of use. So sometimes, you know, that sense of, oh, you know, it, and, it, and it really helped me. It was an articulation that came through that sort of suffering, but somehow, yeah, and it kind of, it, it for a while it acted as a real, a real beacon, um, it was just, yeah, just so important and helpful, I think, in different ways at different times to, 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 to be in touch with that. So, this, uh, this, um, I'd like to enter this, this topic, um, this theme of Samadhi by ask, by a question. And I was like, sometimes I say in a talk, okay, this question is kind of the, that's the summary of the talk. So, um, you can just take that question away and you don't worry about the rest of it. <laughs> so here's the question. You Ready? <laughs> So the question is, how does the mind settle? Now, this may not be a, res- a very resonant question for you, and again, it's one of those things I love talking about questions. Uh, it might be another talk or reflection, but to find the questions that actually, again, connect for us, open up a theme, kind of invite us, and you, yeah, how does the mind settle? And it's one I've used at different times for myself and in teaching. And what happens, I don't know again for you, is I, when I have like been preparing for this, reviewing this question again, and I find, I found that if I, I open up, you know, I'm kind of right, like, okay, body, mind, right, here we are, okay, whatever's happening is whatever's happening. <laughs> How does the mind settle? Yeah, and I can kind of tune into that and feel, what is the degree, is there some unsettledness? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, hmm. Okay, so, well, what's that like? And feeling this kind of very direct connection with our energy, with the sense of our body-mind energy. You know, how is that? And that, to me, it's like it can be not a spiritual bypass because bypass, that's not good, but a kind of direct route to realization. That's good. <laughs> What's the difference? Leave that to you. Um, <laughs> that uh, oh, that overall whole body whole being kind of yeah. How is the energy? Oh, okay. Hmm. And then finding and connecting with that sense of, ah, you know, what feels unsettled? And actually right there, it's like that's, mm, it's right there that the answer or the way or the, you know, the, the, how that can happen is right there somehow in that willingness to come in and, and actually, oh. And I don't know if this makes sense to anybody, but anyway, I hope. So the Buddha would use these similes for hindrance energies, right? Of water boiling or, you know, ruffled on the surface or, you know, sort of filled with algae so you can't see anything down there. And I think for me, I can really... This to me is a really good simile or it's like I... So a helpful way of, of looking at my yeah mind, mind, body, energy, that that mm, sort of feeling of energetic felt sense, which can be a way of dropping through topic, and you know, I story, <laughs> me, you, future, past. Okay, come to the energy in the body. Oh, right, here we are. <laughs> what does this need? Yeah. And, and that, not that it isn't sometimes really helpful and useful to address topics and stories and unpack some of that. And, 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 but if we can, um, yeah, it's kind of a skill, a kind of tuning into and uh, learning, yeah. Knowing our uh, way our energy gets unsettled. You know, so to me, maybe there's a second question which is just as important as a first question, which is, how does the mind get unsettled? You know, so, so this is as, this is an in, this is something we can learn very directly. And to me, this is a one way of looking at right effort. Um, and sometimes, just to, it's almost like it, you know knowing. It's like there's not that much you have to do. So I'd like to offer you two images which point to a a kind of almost, you know, area of very minimal effort because, you know, effort, another big topic and we can get so confused about what that is and how to make effort and what's wise and what isn't. So... One thing I've learned from uh, one of my teachers, as some of you know very well, Ajahn Sachitos a lot talks a lot in this way of of the energy of the mind and the body and the heart, and that that the disturbance, disturbed energy, tends to accelerate and go up. I don't know if this chimes with your experience, often not only, but Because sometimes it also sinks, doesn't it? That's kind of... But often it's winding up, goes faster. Right? So part of what it needs is um, a place, space, a container where it can slow down and... (sighs) Now, what kind of effort does that take? It's really interesting, isn't it? Because isn't a lot of that about what you're not doing? Actually, kind of like, okay, so this is an image I find very helpful of the image of a, well, I've heard it in two different modes. One is a glass of muddy water, and another is a glass of app- cloudy apple juice. That's from Tikna So we'll go with the apple juice. A story where he's going to sit and he leaves a glass of, you know, cloudy apple juice with all the sediment floating around in it. And yeah, there's a child involved, sorry, terrible memory for details. Anyway, the child puts the glass of apple juice there for, for, for Thai and then goes off to play. I hope this is accurate enough. And then when he, the child comes back after about 45 minutes and the notices that the glass of apple juice is clear. It's clear now. The sediment has settled to the bottom. And there's just some sweet exchange. I'm not going to remember exactly. <laughs> it's not in my notes. Um, where the child says, Oh, look, the, the apple juice is clear. And Ty says something like, Yeah. It's like my mind, or, you know, that there's, that there's the image, and sometimes that sense of we're just like the glass, we just need to be sat like the glass on the table. So, we're not doing nothing, is it, because there's a showing, there's a showing up, there's a being there, and we can allow it to settle. Yeah, so another image in this area that I've found very, very helpful is an image from a Harry Potter book. Some of you may know or not, but it's an image of where the the three main characters are in one of the... some Journey, anyway, moment, and they have to go through these uh, tree kind of place where they drop down through a place where this sort of magical tree all its roots are tangled together and they fall through a hole into this kind of tangled mass of magical roots and they're kind of stuck in it and it's it's kind of you know, they're getting entangled and caught up and squeezed and it's like, oh. And, of course, Hermione, who's the brainy one, says, I know what to do. I read this in a book. And uh, she says, just relax. <laughs> and so she and Harry managed to relax and they, f- they, they fall through. The roots kind of, some codependent rising going on there. The roots relax and they fall through. Fine. Meanwhile, Ron, the third one, is like, ah, I can't relax. What do you mean, relax? This is terrible. Water. And so, fortunately, anyway, Hermione zaps the roots with some magic daylight, which is sort of another way. Though. And Ron falls through, so they're all right. So, just so uh, you don't worry about Ron, he's fine. <laughs> so, aren't we often like Ron? We know. Hey, hey, we're entangled, but we can't. Relax, what do you mean? I this. So I, I don't know if those help, but anyway and part of the reason I'm I'm offering this in this in entering this theme in this way is I I've, I, I I think it was true for me for a lot of years that I equated samadhi or the way it's translated as concentration as this sort of heavy duty you know glue your attention to this and you know and, um i'm sure many of you are wiser than wiser than that but i think it's it's something about understanding that it's a uh, about mindfulness. Mindfulness. It's about relating and being present with what's actually going on right now. That whatever is going on in our mind and our body, that we can be nurturing, cultivating this quality of, of connectedness. And in our daily life, I feel this is also true. As as although you can't develop it perhaps to the depth that is possible on retreat. But it's a sense of that being able to, uh, you know, have that intention, can I be still steady whole in this situation, feeling the swirling energies, so that even the intention to be the glass is is huge, you know, and maybe a little bit the, the energy begins to calm, and I won't I won't talk very much about this in daily life, but I was really struck today, I was sitting in a meeting, and uh, things like that happen when you're not on retreat, right? You sit in meetings. <laughs> and because I was preparing this talk, I, I was like, oh, you know, you, you got to, you, it's the thing about the Buddha's teachings, you, you can practice them anywhere, anytime. So I was like, okay. And it was really interesting, because I could feel there was lots of, st- there was stuff about um, numbers and figures and, you know, and that kind of thing, not my strong point. And, and, and I could feel, like, something I don't understand, and, oh dear, and, uh, you know, and I'm fading in and out, and I should be paying better attention, and just various sorts of things. And just had a, such a strong sense of, oh, yeah, can I be... Can I be the glass? And it's okay. It's like it's still, yeah, it's still kind of swirling, and but not so much. So this um, samadhi I'd like to, there's a lot of things I want to share, but let's see how we go. So one thing that has been very helpful, and important for me is there's something about if i understand more what is meant here or what this experience feels like or what what cuz we see the word we might read things and we say again it's this translation to what is it what what how how do we experience that and obviously you know from experience and you have your own way of Sensing into that, but I'd like to share some d- Different ways of, of defining it or understanding it partly because I feel like what I've been gathering from different teachers and just reflecting is that this kind of understanding of, of um, Yeah, maybe the more of the sort of felt sense of it really helps me in practicing it really gives guidance to you know what is actually helpful. So um we'll see. So first of all as a as a state we might see it described as a state. And again not as something we have to get or make or oh dear I can't do that but also something like ah oh, that's the direction, you know, that's sort of ah oh, yeah. You know, it might take years, months, well, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Get more, less, comes and goes, doesn't, you know, it's like, ah, and it's having that sense, it gives you a sense of, of direction. Oh, okay, so it's something to do with steady, undistracted awareness. Hmm. I'm going to give a lot here, so I hope it's not... Confusing. But attentive stillness, or energized calm. Yeah, I think that's to me. Those two both really bring that sense of that. There's there's a sense in which there's something being talked about here, which is very yeah. This calm, it's calm, still, but it's alive. There's an aliveness that like it's got. It's full of energy. It's like oh, okay. Because that knowledge, that if you like, that information is like, oh, okay, you know, that we can, that, that then comes in to help to sort of study and, you know, if, if, if we're kind of interested in this cultivation. It can also be uh, called composure or gatheredness, which I like, You've already, I've already used that, gatheredness. It's also described sometimes in a negative way. So for example, non-dispersal or non-distraction. Um, non-struggle or non-entanglement. Again, with like the Harry Potter image. Okay, so maybe that's helpful, but let's go on. Because if we just relate to it as a state, it can feel like a building we can't go in. We have not got the key. Yeah? And then when we're outside, oh dear, I'm locked out, I'm locked out, you know. <laughs> There's that attentive stillness in there. You know, it's sort of <gasps> oh, those lucky people in there, you know, they've got this attentive stillness, I can't get in. Yeah? So that can that can feel like like that, maybe. So what I've been finding helpful is to see this as a, a dynamic, right? as something that actually as a, as, a, as a, I don't want to call it a state now, as a, as a process, let's call it a process, The so, samadhi is a process that we can enter. Ah, now doesn't that sound more like kind of a party we can kind of join, because... It's already happening, and then it's kind of tuning in, as I was saying, to what is the state of your energy, your mind, and however it is. There's your way in. Great. Nobody's excluded. You know, however you are, you can you can join in. Isn't that great? Love it. The Buddha's teachings. Wow. <laughs> so gathering. Okay, we can. Gerunds or gerundives, I can remember the ing words, gathering, centering, collecting, unifying, ah, right, there's, there's a process, there's something I can, how, how does that, and then, and then it's more like, okay, okay, what we'll be moving on to is, is how how does that happen? What supports that process or how do we, how do we join in with a sense of the mind gathering and unifying and and it's because it's already happening. Surely for every single one of you here, it's, it's a natural part and a natural product of mindfulness practice. You know, if we're anywhere near skillful with it, (laughs) even if we're just a bit skillful, then the samadhi is actually there. It's It's actually happening, and so part of this is to realize you're already in the party. You already have some Samadhi. You're already samadhiing. whereas Samadhiing is happening. <laughs> you just hadn't noticed. <laughs> or maybe you have noticed, and you, you know you're like, "Ah, you, know, and you're learning, and, and then you get thrown out, or you, you know, again, I mustn't piss you that image too much because any simile or metaphor gets yeah you mustn't do it too much so but okay, so if we're gathering now now I, I want to give you just three so so we have the practice. can you hear how to me that is then said sort of almost oh okay, so how we participate and how we how we can un kind of uh Listen into, listen uh, listen for what is helpful, feel, feel what is helpful. So just th- three ways of sort of bringing this together. Gathering, or yeah, different ways of describing this process as a sort of summary. Gathering heart, mind, and body into some degree of well-being. Right? So... Can you hear again that it's not, it's like some degree of well-being. It's even a little bit, a little bit, that's, that's, and then, yeah, then it grows, and there's some, so there's some very strong, very important connection here with joy and gladness and happiness and well-being that I want to go into a bit more. Another description of it that I love is the careful collecting of oneself into the joy of the present moment. Let's say that again. The careful collecting of oneself into the joy of the present moment. So I don't know how this is landing with you or resonating with you, but aren't, aren't, you know, I hope that this is that, that we're into something here that um, is 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 really um, a creative process and um, yeah very 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 much about connecting with what is well and um, yeah inclining the mind towards that so what supports I mean I Yeah, um, mm. okay, yeah, let's, so what supports the arising and the development of samadhi? You know, and, and, and one of the, um, one of the things that, um, has struck me in exploring this is again and again how the Buddha will speak in different ways, about samadhi being the result of a natural process so i want to just share one of the ways that he talks about about this and see so beginning with um this sense of gladdening the mind and I'll go through some different ways perhaps that we can do that but that actually this is, um, um, so, so, so the way it goes, so gladness of mind, Pamoja, the Pali word, it, when, the, when the mind is glad, it, it naturally uh, becomes uh, rapturous or just full of interest and energy. And when that's the case, the body, the body calms. Body becomes calm. And when the body is calm, the mind naturally kind of settles and becomes content and happy. So, sukha, the word. And then the mind that is happy, the mind that has sukha naturally, naturally, uh, mm, what's the, what's the, naturally inclines to samadhi, to this gathering. You see, it's sort of like that if we, if, we, if we are able to connect with some sense of well-being or gladness, can you feel, immediately say that and my body relaxed? That's really interesting. I just got an immediate readout on that one. <laughs> Something that I say, like, oh. Do you have to give it time, to give the, ti- the body time to pick up on that? And the mind feels more able to to settle, to kind of begin to arrive, come together. Again, we're talking about a process here. It's like a not straight line thing, is it? It's up and down and and sort of lost, but, and then, you know, we're all over the place and it's fine, doesn't matter. It's not a problem. then we can just keep coming back and picking up on that thread of, of, um, yeah, gladness and it, it it can sometimes be just again this very simple just being present just that's the simplicity of that mindful present mm. Mm. so another image I don't know if this is helpful but it's a sense that we, in order to really uh, nurture, in order to really support this samadhi process, is it can be really helpful to um, give attention to building the nest. So, image of a nest, the way birds build nests. Amazing, you look at a nest and how so much work has gone into that. Yes looking at one recently and just all the different materials and the big twigs and the little twigs and the bits of grass and moss and just this, you know, and if you watched a bird make a nest, you know, know, it takes a while and they drop bits and, you know, and then they, they find a place in the bush or in the tree, you know, just where you know, there's branches where, so the nest can sit somewhere, it's really supporting it. And I feel like that is like the sealer, the the ethical precepts, that's like finding a really good safe, kind of, you know, supportive place to build the nest. And yeah, so, it's funny, I was thinking about this talk a couple of days ago and thinking about the nest. And I saw a squirrel with a bunch of grass and thinking its mouth. Yeah, it was in his mouth. It was climbing up the tree, stopped, looked at me, and then went <laughs> into a little hole in the tree. And I just, you know, make, he was making his nest. She was making her nest for the winter. And I said, it's like that the way that there's a sense of protection. Well, maybe protection. That the nest is is a supportive, sort of safe, protective place for the mind, for the heart. And so, how do we build the nest? And I think sometimes I think we we can very fruitfully give time and and, and attention to what what you might call preparatory practices, building the nest, and then, if you like, then We'll sit on the nest. We'll come to that in a minute. So so building the nest. So sila, this very, the, the, the sense that, that the gladness that comes from reflecting on goodness. So really, you know, being able to consciously reflect on, reflect on one's own, one's own goodness, the goodness of others, good actions that you've done just that sense of non-regret non-remorse and um really beautiful way of, of of brightening the mind of gladdening the mind and i think for so many of us you know where there's such a tendency to be self-critical and uh, dwell on what's not right yet <laughs> and you know what's not uh, you know what, what we've done wrong and this kind of that it's so uh, just a eff- it's, it's uh, such an important kind of counterbalance to that, to, to, to really, um, yeah, help us, again, feel like we, we can settle, we can have the, the support of that, that goodness. And very closely connected to that, what I was talking about last week, was this, this sense of welcome. You, to really remember, recollect, you're welcome. I'm welcome here. Welcome. Welcome. And as I was talking about last week as well, that this is also about a sense of welcome towards ourselves, towards our experience, that we are, yeah, we're, we're working to be inclusive, right? So it's hard to it's hard to really sit and settle when we feel like we, one bit of ourself shouldn't be here, shouldn't be happening, not acceptable. So this, this preparatory work of um, deep, deeply welcoming ourself and really allowing, allowing this pra- practice to be inclusive. So Sharon Salzberg said, the path to true happiness is one of integrating and fully accepting all aspects of our experience. And just one way of, of putting that that, that um, we can't leave anything out. No, there's something here about wholeness and yeah, inclusion, including it all. So, so many other ways, I think, but maybe just to, just this sense of appreciation, gratitude, uh, a wonderful way of gladdening a mind, kind of, um, yeah, connecting with a sense of, of contentment, of, of, of uh, yeah, of, of what we're thankful for, and again, that kind of tendency to, Be so preoccupied with what's missing and what we lack but to really reflect on that so all of this and and probably other things and in a way it's going back to that question for you to look into your own kind of practice in your mind what what is it that actually helps you to really to really to to settle to feel like you have a a place you you have a nest Uh, yeah to sit in so sitting sitting in the nest so I was thinking of the actual maybe when we get more to the attentional work the attentional work of guiding and working with our attention and that the Samadhi can grow in different ways um, from a single single object focus which you know can lead to absorption and the deeper levels of yeah, of the the quiet and and uh, the deep sense of well-being and absorption, and it can also develop through again multi multiple objects through this continuity building this continuity of mindfulness. There's a kind of samadhi that develops there that maybe we call it has has great strength. Perhaps not the the depth of of the absorptions, but Still very, uh, yeah, can be very strong and very, um, very much opening and, and, uh, making the mind ripe for insight, which is, of course, one of really the key things that this is, this is, this is for, you could say, in terms of the, the Buddhist teachings that we are, that the mind, the gathered, steadied mind is, uh, sort of unhooked from its, uh, yeah, its dispersed uh, s- sort of state, unable and is much more, um, yeah, ripe for insights, for seeing deeply, for looking into, for looking into experience and seeing in ways that, uh, yeah, that unhook, that free us from from suffering. Hmm. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll just uh, finish with a way, another way of understanding what we're, what we're doing when we're, when we're cultivating this quality is that um, you could call it the art of kind careful attention it's just it's just a mindfulness practice it's it's this uh, again and again learning to connect to bring this kind caring careful attention and that will yeah that will bring around this this deepening, this gathering, this steadying of the mind into yeah, into into a unified sense, into well-being, just to really trust that. So, um, maybe I'll just finish with um, reading you a. a a quotation, a piece from um, from Ajahn Sachita again from his book *Rude Awakenings*. Um, and part of of the of of what he expresses here is the sense of practice as a pilgrimage. And this book, Rude Awakenings, is about a pilgrimage that he made with a friend in India. It's a wonderful book, if you don't know it. And, yeah, again, if we, we can um, find images that work for us, that help us um, to, yeah, keep faith with what we're doing. So, I'll just read you what he says. Dharma practice often entails confronting the unpalatable until one's reactions have cooled. Then, by holding the attention steady, it becomes clear that things are actually only the way things appear. An appearance compounded by reactions and assumptions, reinforced by resistance to change and letting go. But observation alone is not enough when the mind's eye is clouded. Heart-centered action is needed. So practice becomes a moving thing, a pilgrimage. Keep going, says the Buddha, Hold steady, relax the will to be and you will arrive at a place of peace, an island which you cannot go beyond, a place of non-possession and non-attachment. I call it Nibbana. So, may each of us um, find peace for our own well-being and liberation and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. Thank you for your attention. So let's chant the sharing verses on the sharing blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org